Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. More Canadians remain incarcerated in China, including Robert Schellenberg, who's facing the death penalty. Now, with the two Michaels in Canada, does Ottawa have any cards left to play against Beijing? Four Canadians who are incarcerated uh, in China. Is the death penalty likely to be carried out against Mr. Schellenberg? China did execute two Canadians, uh, Canada-China dual citizens, during Stephen Harper's time as prime minister, even after receiving a letter of intervention from uh, Mr. Harper. It is likely, I understand, the Supreme People's Court of China will review Schellenberg's death penalty. Either they'll agree with it, in which case an execution date would likely be announced fairly quickly, or they may reduce the sentence. Who knows? That's really the question. Who knows? What's going to happen? Uh, Peter Humphrey probably has a better idea than most people in this country because Mr. Humphrey has experience as a prisoner of uh, China for two years, imprisoned in China for two years. He advocates for other foreign nationals imprisoned in the country. He joined us last weekend. Back with us again. Peter, thank you very much uh, for taking the time. When you see what's going on, in China now, um, particularly uh, Robert Schellenberg's case, is it in any way considered to be similar to the two Michaels by Beijing? Um, okay, I mean, I think we can talk about uh, Schellenberg's case a bit, um, and maybe also about you know how China is behaving now towards Canada since the, the release of the two Michaels. But uh, with Schellenberg's case, you know, you have a very different scenario because. Um, from the outset, he was arrested um, for what we could call a more ordinary and conventional crime. Um, in this case, involvement um, in, in drugs, smuggling or manufacturing, um, which is very different from espionage because that is always a political charge, a political crime. Um, so it is quite different. Um, but what, what is striking about Robert Schellenberg's situation right now is that China, in a very unprecedented fashion, around the time of uh, Meng's uh, um, detention in Canada, instead of you know sending him back to jail, saying no, we're not going to reduce your sentence when he appealed, they escalated it from 15 years to the death penalty. That has never happened before, as far as I know, in any Chinese criminal case, and certainly not in any case involving a foreigner. So. They made it um, similar, in a way, to the two Michaels situation by behaving in that very unjudicial manner, breaking with Chinese precedent, and probably at the end of the day, in it, breaking with Chinese law, um, because I believe there are uh, provisions, in, even in Chinese law, for that to be not allowed. You can't escalate a 15-year jail term to a death sentence unless there is you know a completely new charge and a new trial which merits that so this was you know originally what we could call a common crime that he was accused of regardless whether he's guilty or innocent but the chinese side decided to escalate it into a political case by imposing this death penalty at the same time that the michaels were arrested and Meng was detained in canada so there you've got it you know it, it's it, it's partly completely different and was partly made similar, you know, um, in the midst of those developments in December 2018. 
Do you see this becoming in any way political, the Schellenberg case? Does Ottawa have any leverage concerning him and and whatever sentence the Chinese justice system eventually decides to carry out? In a sense, I do think it is already political, as I've just explained, um, how it became politicized. However, I would say that all um, criminal prosecutions in China become politicized because, in a certain sense, after charges have been laid on somebody, because you have no division of powers between judiciary um, um, courts, you know, between the courts and the prosecution and the police and so forth, because all of those organs of the system come out of the same kennel, which is the, the Communist Party, they're controlled by the Communist Party everywhere in the country. Because of that, as soon as an official or a police officer lays charges on an individual, it is political immediately because the system cannot allow itself to be seen making mistakes. It does, it's not, not, not going to admit to making mistakes. The, the, the famous Russian dissident um, writer Alexander Solzhenitsyn wrote a very short novel which most people have forgotten about called We Never Make Mistakes. And, and that is basically you know, one of the mottos of the communist dictatorship. So every case is political, and therefore I would consider every case of any foreigner being arrested in China as being political as soon as charges have been laid on them. Schellenberg's case belongs to a, a, a fairly large number of cases involving foreigners in China accused of involvement in drug smuggling or drug possession or, or, or drug manufacturing. Um, a comparable case is the case of Mike, Mark Swidan from Texas in the U.S., who has been held on death row for eight years in China on extremely murky, opaque charges. Um, There are a couple of black uh, Americans who I'm aware of who have been involved with their families, mentoring their families. One of them is a black woman um, in in Guangdong who is potentially dying of uterine cancer and and not being released. Another one is is a black man in... Uh, Chongqing in the southwest of China, who is also in very bad health and possibly dying. Um, And, you know, I see all these cases, including Schellenberg's, as political, because they, they, in the end, um, nobody's going to admit to making a mistake, and it's very, very convenient to have an inventory, a stock of um, foreign prisoners in the warehouse. Um, for future bargaining, and that's how I see them being politicized, including Robert Schellenberg. You, you talk about the health of uh, prisoners in China, and you told us last weekend that your health was very negatively impacted during your two years of imprisonment. What is Schellenberg's life like right now, and what well, is the ultimate physical and psychological impact of life in a Chinese prison? I mean, I, I honestly don't know any facts about Schellenberg's health condition at the moment, except that when I saw him at the, um, on camera at the appeal hearing a couple of years ago, um, I could see that he was mentally very um, distressed by what was going on around him. Um, but physically, um, you know, all prisoners suffer from deprivations of, of nutrition, um, inadequate if at all, inadequate medical attention and very rough cell room conditions. In the pre-trial cells, um, prisoners are typically, um, I mean, Chinese prisoner cells can be 18 
prisoners in a cell, but the ones I was in, which are probably representative of other foreigners, are like 12 prisoners per cell, and the cell is about 15 square meters. Now, if you can imagine that and do your math, that's not very much space when they all lie down on the floor at night to sleep on those rough wooden floorboards, you know, and they have to go to the toilet um, at a hole in the corner of the, the cell and so forth, and they only have a, you know, an old chunky sink uh, next to the toilet which runs cold water, there's no hot water in the cells and so forth. So, you know, it is extremely harsh, and you're locked in that environment 24-7 with the lights on 24-7, um, and very rarely are prisoners taken out for any kind of yard exercise to get sunshine and fresh air that is almost non-existent. So basically, people lose a lot of weight. Um, their joints and muscles become atrophied by these conditions, um, and, and you know they, they're going crazy inside their own head unless they're extremely strong people like Michael Kovrig, who I, I believe um, put up a lot of mental resistance to his situation. And the ordinary folk just don't fare very well in those circumstances. And, and, you know, in those circumstances, they're supposed to be able to, you know, figure out <laughs> how they're going to conduct their defense in court or how they're going to conduct an appeal. And they honestly are not given the opportunity to orchestrate that um, in all these harsh, duress conditions. They can't orchestrate it because they've got no access to the lawyers directly, no access to family, no access to files. They're not allowed to keep any documents in the cell and so forth. Um, so it's impossible. It really grinds them down physically and mentally. And the denial of medical attention for me, for my prostate cancer, um, at the time when I entered the cells it, with suspected prostate, prostate cancer, and during those two years it became really serious prostate cancer because they wouldn't give me the medical attention I needed unless I signed a fourth confession. Wow. Uh, the, the more you describe, the more horrific it seems. I can't imagine waking up in, every morning and knowing that you're going to face today what you faced yesterday, and this could go on forever, particularly if you're under a death sentence. That would be additionally uh, emotionally, it's, psychologically uh, just destructive. Um, on foreigners, yeah. um, very few foreigners have actually been executed in China. Um, there have been some cases. Yeah. Um, but in the last few years, one thing that's become apparent to me is that even a foreigner who's sitting on so-called death row in China for five or six years or longer um, does usually, in the end, see the sentence commuted. Um, and that may even be when there's no sign of confession or contrition or whatever. So um, the, the black American woman I mentioned in the south of China, I mean, back in December, her family was still believing she was on death row and she could die tomorrow and so forth. Um, but we discovered that her sentence had been commuted without the family being informed to, um, to a life term. And I've seen, them on, I've seen one or two other cases like that. Um, but uh, it's not over yet. Um, for, for Mr. Schellenberg, I'm afraid. No. Um, it's hard to say which way it will go. I mean, there is supposed to be a final review. You know, they call, the word final seems to be used more than once. <laughs> uh, final review uh, by China's Supreme Court. Right. My gut feeling is that um, it should be possible to convince that court that the decision to escalate his sentence to death was illegal. All right. um, or at least it didn't follow... Do, you know the, the rules 
Um, so I think there's a chance that uh, we could see this washed away. And it's a pity that it didn't happen instantly after um, the, the exchange of the Michaels and the Hmong. Um, it didn't happen instantly. And I presume that, that that is because China wants to leave Canada dangling on a thread in a certain way. Right. China believes if we do this, then Canada's got to behave itself towards us. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.